is the number one commodity in the world that you can't get back once it's gone. Time. So I will keep this brief. I'm Mutita Banmo, a time efficiency expert and a business operations strategist, who is as known as the Time Queen. Welcome to my Get Unstuck Radio. Running a business can be very overwhelming at times, especially in the first few years when you are required to wear the hats and do other things. You started your company because you had a vision that almost every business owner has when they begin. You wanted freedom, true freedom. So you are in the right place to help you build and grow your business that support your lifestyle, not the other way around. Without further ado, let's get unstuck. Get unstuck nations. So today, please welcome Robin Wade with me today. Um, Robin is a founder of Fearless Business, which we will talk a little bit about what exactly Fearless means. So he's a regular speaker at various events. Um, he is also best-selling authors of several books such, such as um, Business Startup or Marketing Machine. And the recent released one would be Take Your Short. Um, I'm excited to learn more about Philip business because right now is still at the pandemic time. I would still say that because it's not going to end anytime soon. Like things still keep happening that we couldn't control. So we're living in fear, but we won't let the fear stopping us. Thank you so much for joining Get Unstuck Radio today, Robin. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. So um, before we start to know more about your expertise, though, but could you tell me a little bit about how you become an entrepreneur? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it, it was it actually happened a bit by accident. So I always wanted to set up a business. But um, when I um, stepped out of um, uh, high school, I, I ended up working for a medical devices company as a systems analyst. And uh, I won't bore you with all of the ins and outs of that. But let's just say the boss of that company was a lovely guy, very smart when it came to designing products, but terrible at running a business. Um, and so I ended up with quite a lot of responsibility as, you know, a, a young sort of, you know, late teenager and in my early 20s. And it got to a point where um, and I was studying for a degree at the same time, got to a point where I, I asked for a bit more money because I had taken on the responsibilities of two or three other people's job roles as they left the company. Um, and he refused. So I I was just like, well, this isn't working for me because I'm doing a lot of work. So I'm going to go and start up my own thing. Um, and at the time, it was a, a very good friend of mine. So I, I ended up um, going out to Florida for a week's holiday with my, my girlfriend at the time. And um Whilst I was out there, one of the guys who I used to work with called me up and he said, oh, I hear you've, you've left the company. Um, what's going on? What are you doing? And I was like, well, I don't really have a plan. And he said, well, I'm doing this computer thing. Like, I hear you're good with websites. Like, why don't we just get together and start up a business? So that was my, that was in 2004. And that was um, an agency which we set up doing web design and branding. We ran that for 12 years. So we got, so we ran the agency for the best part of 12 years, but it wasn't until about seven or eight years into the business where we started to find our stride in terms of sales and marketing and pricing and things like that. And um, we got it to, it's only a small boutique agency, local agency, but we got to 250,000 pound turnover. We had a small team of four people. So it's going, going along quite nicely. Um, and um, yeah, and then I just I reached a point whereby um, we I was out with my cycling buddies one morning and just realized that actually um, I wasn't feeling terribly fulfilled. It, it felt like we had a lot of um, success with the business, but it just wasn't filling me up with sort of joy and happiness. You know, I didn't want to get up and run into work in the morning. And what it came down to was that we'd spent a long time building this 
service client business and there's nothing wrong with that but it did get to a point whereby um i realized one day that some of our clients looked at us like we were just there to we're a servant and i always saw myself as more of like a business partner within their their business and we were having not just talking about websites and branding but we were talking about you know the key performance indicators in their business and what was that what were their goals for their business and the strategy and things so that's where um i ended up um selling the agency not for a huge sum but enough to live off for a little while and um uh, set up fearless business so that um, I could actually have a platform to have these more meaningful conversations with the business owners, which I now have great pleasure on of sort of working with. Mm. So why is fearless business like how this word coming up fearless? Well, it's really funny, actually. So, I mean, it's like the, the reason the name came about in the first place, I was doing a talk in front of about 100 people and um, somebody asked me a question and, and I came back because originally it was just Robin Wake Business Coach. And then um, eventually it then became Robin Wake, the fearless business coach. But in this during this talk, I said something, I just went, Do you know, there's it's not like we we're on the plains of Africa where you walk down to get your water every day and there are crocodiles and lions and things like that. Like there's actually like there are genuine things to be afraid of in, 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 on the plains of Africa, whereas here and you know running in small business land like there's actually relatively nothing to be afraid of Um, and business owners just need to fear the things in business ever so slightly less that stop them from achieving their goals and dreams which they set out for with their business things like standing in front of a group of people and doing your 60 second you know pitch or um, increasing your prices for example like everybody is so afraid of increasing their prices they think that all of their customers are just going to run away but all of these fears are uh, based on imagination. They're not actually based on reality. So, yeah, it's not about being reckless, right? Reckless would be just, you know, trying to go after million dollar clients when you've only just started out. That would be slightly reckless because you've got to build up your credibility, your authority, your knowledge and things like that. It's about just fearing the things in business ever so slightly less so that you take that first action. Um, and when people get it, it's like absolutely transformative. Yeah. So you mentioned about you. Your your first business is about the service based business, so you were service provider. But I think me personally, one of the person that I still like have to figure out about the real offer that like really tone in and then balance the part of like done for you service as well as something that could be um evergreen or like become a front end product that able to sell without me and I could be like me and my team could be only the fulfillment part and then keep customer happy or clients happy like that so I think like many of people including myself like having this issue to choose whether which one should be like their core offer and what would be the price point that like keep them going right because I I totally resonate with that like when you mentioned that like you know I have to test like I keep testing from like the sector of the market that I'm in and test that which one would um, give me the most ROI and I close easy as sale, let's say. I just do it like that. I didn't think much though. I just asked them. So what would you suggest? <laughs> Gosh, there's, there's about eight questions in one there. I know, in, because I can like, keep talking. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> that's okay. I'll, tr- I'll try and break it down. So, um, you know, the, the so most or, so most service businesses are based on time selling time for money. Okay, so day rates or hourly rates, for example. But there's a few problems like with, within that. Okay, so 
Um, let, I mean, I'll, get, I'll give you an example and then we'll try and break it down. So let's say, for example, if you wanted to get a website built, and this is exactly what we used to do before I then understood or realized that there was a better way to do it. So let's say, Matita, you're in the market for a, a website, right? So and somebody comes to you and they they charge $50 an hour and they think it's going to take you to take them 20 hours to build this website for you. And you're kind of thinking, OK, well, that seems like reasonable value for money. Um, so you agree to the piece of work and away this person goes, and, but because they're, they're maybe selling these websites for too cheap, they've taken on too many clients. So it takes them a long time to come back to you like three months or something. And then they come back three months later and they give you this website, but they've forgotten the blog. They've forgotten the shopping cart that they promised you. And you're kind of sat there going, well, that's not why I asked. And maybe it doesn't look that great because they've only just started out. And and you say, oh, great, but I want the blog and the shopping cart and I want it to look a bit better. And so their answer is, well, that's great, but I've used up your 20 hours. You've So it'll take another 10 hours, but you've got to pay for it. You're thinking, well, no, hang on, we agreed $1,000. Why am I now having to pay an extra $500? This isn't, this is not. So you get resentful, they get resentful. Like it just, it shows the hourly rate just doesn't, isn't really a good model. The second person comes along, okay, Um now to balance it off they're they're a brilliant web designer but they don't know what you and i know about pricing okay so they're also still charging 50 dollars an hour but they're brilliant at what they do they listen to the brief they do the blog and the shopping cart and it starts generating new leads pretty much from day one when they launch the website okay um but it takes them half the time they get it done in 10 hours right so hang on a second the person who is better at building websites gets paid a third of what the person who is less experienced and delivers a poor quality product does. So again, you, another reason why hourly rates just don't work. The better you are, if you're charging hourly, the less you end up getting paid, or certainly for most people. But then this is where we then get into the realms of like, there's essentially three things which make up a product. And I'll go through them in a second. So this final person comes along and they're like, Matita, I'm going to build you a website and it comes with some guarantees, right? In the next 30 days, this website I build you is going to generate you 15 to 20 leads a month. If it's not generating 15 to 20 leads a month for you, I'll refund you all of the money you've invested in. Plus, I'll, I'll give you a thousand dollars for wasting your time. Okay. No. <laughs> yes, yeah, sold. Okay. But you haven't even asked me how much yet. But let's say even if it was like ten thousand dollars, you and I know the value of our clients. Right. So I could work out, well, if this just gets me a couple of clients, well, I'm kind of I've, I've made an ROI. I've made my ROI back. I've, I'm, I'm break even. Um, so this is where we get into the, the realms of like value propositions and being able to articulate our value to our customers around service based businesses. Um, there was a great as uh, a great coach called Rich Litvin, and he wrote a book called The Prosperous Coach. And even if you're not a coach, it's really well worth reading the book because I, you, I, I learned so much. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And he talks about a product, essentially a coaching product being made up of three components. OK, so um, the product should have clearly defined outcomes or results for the client. OK, so um, the second thing is it should be delivered or you should have the ability to be able to deliver over clear, over a fixed period of time. Right. And the final part, it should be de- delivered for a fixed fee. So what he's saying is that as a coach now, I might offer a transformation, double your revenue in three months. OK, and I'm going to charge X number of thousands of dollars for that to happen. Um, and then you can sort start to wrap some guarantees around that. Well, if I don't achieve that with you, then uh, we can talk about either ratcheting back the amount of money you pay me or complete refund if I just didn't deliver on my promise. But the thing is, a lot of people then get very hung up on 
guarantees because nothing in life is guaranteed right i don't know that you're going to do the work i don't know it might require for one person it might require no input for me from somebody else it might require 100 hours input from me so there's a lot of it depends going on sort of in the service space and it, that throws a lot of people out but the thing is if if you're if if i were to challenge somebody listening to this and say listen when you when you sell your product or service if you're not confident enough in your ability to deliver that results or outcome to somebody in that period of time for that fee, that tells me more about you than it does about your client base because you don't, you lack confidence in your ability to deliver. It's that simple. Um, the other way to look at guarantees as well are um, it's about perceived value for money, basically. So whilst we may, may not be able to guarantee a clear and specific outcome, what we can guarantee is provided we've got systems and processes in place and there's good levels of accountability and we deliver on a promise, plus maybe we find way creative ways to over deliver on a promise, um, then it means that our clients are going to uh, have like, you know, very high perceived value for money. So their perception is this was great. I had a really great experience. We didn't maybe we didn't hit the goal, but I'm really happy that you've done everything you possibly can to try and achieve that. And, and, you know, get somewhere close to that outcome results. And most people, when you ask them, when they work with a, uh, you know, a service provider, their perception is they got great value for money. And so like refunds never have to come into it. So it's about being able to give people confidence. You're a good upstanding human being. You have ethical and moral, you know, a high ethical and moral compass. Um, and that you're confident in your ability to deliver those results. So. I, yeah, I, I think confidence and fear are something that like Angel and enemy all the time, Angel and Damon all the time on my shoulder. Cause like there are many sheep with me and I have spoken with like many of my friends who are in this coaching and trending industry that like it's always trigger sometimes that you don't feel confident to like overcome things. But like if you don't, go over those fear though you don't know what is in the other side at all yeah that's it so here's a really good example of that okay and this is this is linked to what i help people with around the pricing side of things so um uh in fact we can probably if, if you're game matita i can do a quick bit of coaching with you and we can actually i can show show by example and, okay. and see where we end up so um, you mentioned you you used to do some done for you services. So think about think of one of those products, for example, that you used to sell. So what is it, and what was your hourly rate for selling that that service? Oh, it's not hourly rate. So I I have never really charged by hour to be honest. So okay, well, or a fixed price package, then, and we'll do a bit of work with that. Yeah, so fifteen hundred a month for um, operating system setup um yeah for six month period of time okay so actually so what you said there is um is it's not productized yet because you're selling it for fifteen hundred dollars a month times by six months so actually that's do the maths on that so that's nine thousand dollars okay so first and foremost when somebody says how much is this product do you say to them it's fifteen hundred dollars a month or do you say no no we'll get you systemized in six months and it's nine thousand dollars i said nine thousand nine thousand okay so that's the first part are, is there anyone out there who is charging more than that for what the same product for what you do? Yeah, similarly, it could go to like 50K a year, if I have heard. Okay, so 50K. So now what we've got is something called bandwidth. Most people, when they think of pricing, they see it as 
binary. So it's cheap or expensive, yes or no, I'm in or I'm out, like it's for me or it's not for me. Okay, that's how most people see pricing. They can either see themselves buying it or they can't. But actually, what you've just done is you've created a bandwidth. So you you said, I'm charging 9,000 and I'm comfortable with that. Somebody else is charging 50,000 and that feels a little bit like beyond the realms of possibility. Yeah, but and all of the numbers that sit in between. Now, here's the crux. Here's the crux of it. Is there a world somewhere in the future that you could be charging 50K for your product? Yeah, but not with this one. I I don't think that only the current deliverable would be enough value for clients to pay that much. Okay. Yeah. So what you've done, so what you've done, first mistake is you've just gone and made a unilateral decision on behalf of all of your clients. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Think for them too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're very generous though, because you're just like, well, I'm going to sell it to you cheap because I'm not sure about, yeah. So, but you've made a unilateral decision on behalf of all of your clients. Now, probably there may, and, and, the, and again, a lot of people, this is where the fear creeps in. They, they believe that their existing clients won't pay more money because they'll just leave because it's too expensive. But there's actually, there's two different types of clients. Okay. So the first type of client is your existing client base. And yes, they've been anchored into a certain price point. Okay. The second type of client, they've got no experience of working with you. They don't know about the value, the amazing value that you deliver for your clients, the results that they can expect. They don't know how much you charge for it or have charged for it in the past. So they're not anchored to anything at the moment. So you have a really like clear opportunity to raise your price for new prospective clients. Okay. And then this falls into another, another trap, which a lot of people get sort of stuck with. So if I were to say to you, if you imagine you had to buy a similar service to your own, you're buying it from somebody else. How much would you pay for it? I actually paid like, I could go for like 3K a month. Like I'm thinking monthly, like my fixed expenses. That's, that's how I say. So let's yeah. say for six months, it would be how much? Six, 18K. Yeah, 18K. Yeah. Yeah. So what you're saying is I'm happy to buy it, but I'm not happy to sell it. Okay, so there's a little bit of a confidence there around. Normally, most people are, um, they're kind of a mirror. So how, how they buy stuff is reflected in how they sell things. Okay, so there, there'll be, there'll be something in, in that with you, but I'm really pleased to hear that you're willing to spend a bit more money on it. So, so the question is, why wouldn't you sell it for 18k? It hasn't been success yet <laughs> for that price. Yeah. From 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 the current market that I am in, that's why I yeah. I haven't challenged myself to go there yet. Hmm. Okay, so good. Thank you for your honesty. So right, we're, we're going to play a little game now. So again, I'm just working on the bandwidth between nine k fifty k, and we've got something in the middle now, which is eighteen k. Mm. But what we want to work out is where is your level of confidence in terms of your pricing right now, and how we do it is quite simple. Now, probably if there are people watching this, they'll be able to see you and I now. But pe for people listening in, I'll explain if if this is going on a podcast, I'll explain afterwards what happened. But we're going to do an auction. Okay, so we're going to start at nine k. You don't have to say anything and I'm going to gradually work my way up and I will know when we've hit your level of confidence. Okay. You make me chill. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. <laughs> so we, have a, we have a guy in the UK called Darren Brown. So I'm going to do a bit of a Darren Brown on you. Okay. So, uh, so 9K. So 9, 10, 12, 15K, 18K, 21. Are you doing poker face with me? 21K, 22K, 25K, 30K. 35, 
Yeah, is it 40k? That's too much. You sell it? Too much. So actually you're within your comfort zone. Now you told, you lied to me. You told me that 18k was a bit, oh, you can't see the value in it. But actually your, your face, you were, you were like actually fine up until 30k. That was inside your comfort zone. Yeah. I mean, I can say yeah. that, but I mean, I try selling that, just not success yet. So that's why that doesn't mean yeah, that so I don't you are, so you're. Yes, yeah. you're pitching it at 30, which is great. And that's the thing. So it, now imagine a world where you've sold just one, one client at 30K. Yeah, so I made it, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's the thing. It's a, it's about validation. So most people, when they say, I can't put my prices up because nobody will buy, hmm. and I challenge them on it, it's normally because they haven't, like your, your, your circumstances are slightly different because you've actually pitched it at a higher price point. Most people have never actually even pitched at a higher price point. So they've got no evidence to back up their, it's like an assumption. I'm assuming that nobody will buy it when it's more expensive, but actually they've never actually put themselves out there at a higher price point. So kudos to you for doing that. So I, w- I would challenge anybody basically to go out and, and one, go through the exercise we went through. So like, you know, do an auction until it slight, starts to become slightly uncomfortable. And that's the price point you should be selling it at and trialing mm-hmm. it at. But the next part of it is make sure that you've got enough data to back up that assumption. So you'd want to pitch it probably to 10 or 20 people. And like, fair enough, if you've got 20 no's, you probably know it's too expensive. Or maybe you need some help on the sales side of things because you're clearly getting interest and leads coming in. You know, your marketing's working, but you're just struggling to convert those opportunities. So, so yeah, so if anybody's interested, put your prices up, test it on 10 to 20 people. And a good conversion rate is typically somewhere between about one in five and one in three. Okay. So round the numbers, 20% to 40% is a good conversion rate for a productized service. Okay. So out of, let's say 10 people, you should be aiming to convert at least two of them, two, three or four of those people at that higher price point. And look, if, if you, if you only convert one of them, you know, probably the money's, you know, a little bit too rich and maybe you need to like dial it back in a little bit. If you're converting more than 40%, you've got bandwidth there to be able to increase the price a little bit more and increase it a bit more. And you can also see as your confidence grows, what's going to happen? You'll have more confidence to put the price up. You'll get better at sales. You'll learn how to sell at a higher price point. Um, and I don't know about you, but um, what I found is when clients commit at a higher price point, generally speaking, they're better quality clients as well because they get the value you're offering. They understand it and they're skin in the game because they've invested quite heavily in it. Yeah, I think I somehow, I, I, I mean, I'm still stick to the picture of like the pyramid offer, if you know what I mean. So it would be like one on one, on one those like private more time, more time consuming, be higher price. And I try to work my way, get the core offer sealed. So what I told you was the offer that I don't really sell anymore because it's too much time consuming and it doesn't yeah. work my time. So right now I'm releasing like a, a membership one would be, I assume that it would be a front end that would be like a two box somehow and then upsell them to like next level and next level. So this yeah. year, like we're working on those back end to get different type of flow to to have like more certification that moving on to the future after the trademark release and so on so i maybe have no need to do the consulting and i could build legacy somehow that that would be my dream let's say having those franchise things so i'm moving towards that so productize the service yeah yeah that's it you've you've hit upon a really um 
uh, key thing there around sort of the, the the fulfillment side of things. So, so obviously that there's three types of fulfillment. So DIY. So especially in the coach and course creator sort of space, it's like having a course basically is DIY. We're going to, here's, here's the manual. You go and do it. The second one is done with you. So that's where you've leveraged your time better and um, you get better economies of scale. So, you know, in my world, what that looks like is, is a group coaching program, for example, as opposed to one to one. And then you finally get your done for you service, um, which it sounds like that's more of like your consulting offer. And they should be priced like that. DIY should be like, you know, three pounds. That, this is not bad, bad math, but you, you get a picture. DIY should be three pounds done with you as a leveraged like group program or something should be six pounds. And then the done for you should then be double that again, 12 pounds. Mm. Yep. So your consulting offer, which you're like not so fussed about doing so much is like super expensive. Because which offer then do you think people are more likely to gravitate towards? Yeah. And I think, I mean, anyone who listening to here, I mean, this is like a real life scenario and I'm totally be open with that. Um, but I think somehow people also caught up with the word high ticket clients, high ticket offer, which is like, it's not really a high ticket though. It's just like, what is the result that you give them? Yeah. Yeah, high high tickets just it's like click funnels. It's like Russell Brunson. We honestly like you're just one funnel away. All of that is like BS. If you'll excuse, you know, it's it. They these are just catchy titles that people have given to stuff. I I just it's just a product which you're selling. That's it. It's no it's no less complicated than that. And if you are solely focused on the results or outcomes which you generate for your clients, then you're winning. Um, again, one of the biggest mistakes I people see, especially around sales, is that they um, I mentioned about like getting a one in five conversion rate. The amount of people who say that's a really te- like 20 percent is a really poor conversion rate. Um, well, it is if you want all of the clients. But the reality is like most of us are just humble human beings with 160 hours a week to work or 160 hours a month. Sorry to work. You know, we can't serve all of the clients. OK. Um, and you can't deliver like not there's not that many businesses that take clients on mass and deliver it really well to lots of like thousands of people so like the ideal business in my mind is to have double the revenue and half the number of clients mm. and the reason for that is then you get paid more to be able to you can deliver a better quality service you have more time to be able to deliver a better quality product as well because you're working with fewer clients which means that they, when if they buy one of your products on the back end, an offer on the back end, you get paid more money for that. And so it's a more virtuous cycle where where you just end up with a bit more time and freedom and things like that, and you can deliver a better quality product. Um, but where people get hung up, like one in five, it means that for every one client that's saying yes to you or you're allowing into your business, you're turning four away. Now, I have no problem with that because I'm completely detached from the outcome and I only want to take on clients who are going to get the best possible result through working with me, where I truly believe in their business and I know that I can help them get that result. Um, You know, if somebody's not a good fit for fearless business, I have no qualms in saying no. I'll always try and give them a referral if I think there's somebody better than me, where they'd be best house. I'm like, I think there's a lot of ego which comes into that whole high ticket thing where it's all about conversions and you know, KPIs and sales optimate optimization and persuasive selling techniques and stuff. And it's just, it's, it's not pleasant. Like I've been on the, I've been on the receiving end of it. Um, and, uh, I've 
signed up to coaching programs where they tried to teach me to do it. And I'm just like, no, nah, it just makes me feel icky. It's just not nice. Icky. <laughs> yeah, you know? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm on the side of like operating system, right? So I have seen people change every day. Can you imagine like when they get new software from like Sumo app, for example, and then they come up like, hey, I want to change the project management to this one. I just got a lifetime deal. And they're like, every week there is a new software coming up to change how they operate back end. And I'm like, this is not good. So, um, yeah. Like what you are saying, like, I think people change too often. Yes. The way that they don't confident and they fear of something. I think fear playing a very big role though. Like somehow they give us like more ego on one hand that like, well, I think I'm right to like be away from those things. On the other hand, just like, would you regret not doing that? You know? (laughs) (laughs) it comes down to basic basic mechanics right so a lot of the shiny things that you've just sort of talked about there that we're being sold like you know new pieces of software and uh funnels and automation and all that sort of stuff um like there was a period of time where the internet was kind of booming and more people were moving online more businesses starting up where actually like that side of things was really relevant I think in 2022, um, like funnels and automation is actually completely irrelevant. If I'm honest, you've got to have a certain amount of systemization in your business, but think, think about it this way. Do you, I don't know if are you are familiar with the Fiat Cinquecento, the car. No, you know, there's, there's a, there's, we have, there's a tiny little Fiat, uh, Italian oh, car, Fiat right? Car. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's yeah. like a baby car. <laughs> yeah, tiny, tiny little Fiat Cinquecento car. It's a really cute little car, but it's only got a 500cc engine, right? What's going to happen if we add rocket fuel into that car? On top of it? Well, it's going to be skyrocket, of course. Well, no, no, of course it won't. Cause it's, it's still only got a 500cc engine. So it won't go any faster. Oh, you mean just like push it further? Oh, okay. Got it. Got yeah, it. So if, if you put rocket fuel in a, in a, no, no, not a rocket on it, but if you put rocket fuel into the Fiat 500 okay, instead of normal it. fuel, right? It won't go any faster because it's not designed to go really fast. Yeah. yeah? Mm-hmm. It, eventually it'll probably just, you know, blow itself apart because <laughs> rocket fuel is highly combustible. Okay. And this is a rickety little engine. So in, in this like story for business owners, right? That this is like the, the, the engine in that car is like their business engine and it's a rickety little 500 cc engine and then like the the rocket fuel is actually marketing so we've got this rickety engine and we're adding firing more clients into it it's just going to blow it apart so i always say to people you need to focus on getting that business engine right first before you then look to scale it so what this looks like you know for example i mean I've, i've experienced this with my coaching practice okay so i've been through all of those shiny object things and systems and funnels and automation and stuff like that but do you know what plugged all of the holes in my marketing funnel? What was that? People. Right? People and process. Okay. So take, for example, so I have, um, I have three or four main sort of lead magnets for my business. Okay. So my books, obviously I have videos, I have a podcast, I have a scorecard. Okay. So that's a good lead generator for me. Um, and a, and a couple of other ones, but first of all, what we do is we don't just collect name and email address. We, we want slightly better qualified leads. So we collect a telephone number. And so we noticed we had a, um, our conversion rates dropped when we asked the telephone number. So it's more expensive per lead, but we got better quality leads. But the trouble was we weren't, we still weren't, it was really slow to get them from our list into booking calls with me. 
So we made one simple tweak, okay, and provided they're like, we do a bit of research, if they're our ideal client, and we'll give them a call. So have somebody just picks up the phone, speaks to them for 10 or 15 minutes, and says, hey, remember that marketing checklist or that book or that video which we promised you? Did you receive it? And half the time, people didn't receive the things because it was going via email and just getting lost out on the internet. Okay, so now we've got a bit of extra information. So, and we can send them the thing which they, you know, we promised them manually. And from there, we can then strike up a conversation. Oh, great. So we, we've sent that out to you. Oh, by the way, did you know that Robin's running an event next week? Did you know that Robin's got a book you can download? Did you know that Robin's does a, 60, a 30 minute call with you? Oh, no, I didn't know about that stuff. So what we found was that for every 10 leads, for example, that we had in our database sat there that we were just hoping would eventually turn into clients. Um, somewhere in the region of about three or four of them, when we called them, would go on to the next step and book something. Imagine that. 30 or 40% of people in, in your list right now are sat there waiting for you to give them something else. And you're just hoping that an automated funnel is going to feed it to them. Yeah, it's always about conversation. I, I understand you. I think I think people like somehow, you know, like how we get anxiety or anxious is because we think too further in the future. So if you think too much on the future without like reverse engineer, how many steps it would take you there, like how you write a copywriting, right? You expect yep. people to read just another paragraph in general. So if you can lead to the correction, the next one, the next one, you could guide them along your funnel anyway without any yep. automation. So yeah, I, I get what you mean. I, I didn't, my consulting, um, I do management consulting firm. So we not really do like, hold on the whole implementation of like set up back in automation because I'm not that techy. I know how it yeah. works. So we do the part of like you have issue training people to go with the flow with your process and already working. If yes, so send it over to us. We do the SOP and help you train them. So we do the yeah. online training process instead and and those um team building employee engagement so that's uh, that's going to be the next issue after their scale, right? Um, we yeah. use OKR to combine with KPI and then like track the, these things to keep further. So um, because I personally believe that I have a business because I want to help people get more job. It's not yeah. it's not in the way that like um, I just want freedom. I would have freedom anyway because I built this business surrounding my lifestyle. That's that's why this this community calls get unstuck because I just like boutique team that like not too headache and so on. So yeah, I mean everyone that's keep listening to this podcast, they know. I'm just like if you yeah. don't want to do it, don't do it. But yeah. you if you didn't do it because you fear of like going out there and like chasing a higher quality clients because you're not sure um at some point you have to try something new anyway right yeah. if you don't know how yeah. to do that figure it out <laughs> yeah that's money. it but but you know what i've realized is that people are trying to put automation in there to overcome fear i they want systems to do the work for them so that they don't have to do so i have this solution so my process would be systemize automate and delegate so bear with me. If you haven't systemized things yet, so if you cannot tell me how you do things and get that repeated repeated um, outcome with that workflow, 
I don't suggest you to automate. People jump to automation too fast and they spend money on it and they say that, why I don't get any result, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And it, I see it all the time. And it's just, but this is the thing about like click funnels, right? And it, I, I mentioned it and probably even me saying it, people will go off and like look at it anyway. Please don't buy it because like it, 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 it sounds like it's really straightforward just to set up a funnel and whatever. But when you get into it and you get into like landing page design, follow up processes, one click upsells, connecting it to your email list and all the rest of it, it's massively technical. And I, I come from a, a background. I spent 12 years of my life building websites, right? And I still struggle with stuff like that. I can get it done. Don't get me wrong. But you have to be so highly technical. And where you've got people who just aren't technical, you know, being befuddled by things like that, it's just like, actually, how can I, um, it might feel a little bit uncomfortable to start off with picking up the phone and calling people. And the amount of times when I've encouraged even clients to sort of start, if they've got leads, pick up the phone and call these people. And they're like, oh, I don't like cold calling. I'm really scared of cold calling. I'm like, it's not cold. They've given you their name, email address, telephone number because they need your help with something. They've, they've opted in. They're not, they're not like hot. They're not a hot lead, but at least they're a little bit warmer than you think they are. And probably they would be really grateful for the opportunity to speak with you. And I think this is just, and it does slow the process down. Like, don't get me wrong. It's like, yes, an automation can happen with no effort internally. Um, and you're replacing that with something, you know, a 15 minute call potentially, but at least, you know, it's getting the job done. And that's what most business owners, when you ask them for the stats about their business, they they don't know whether their automation shiny funnel system in the background is actually working or not. And more often than not, it's not working, but they've got no way of like measuring that. You mentioned OKRs. I mean, that's a great way to kind of break down like whether the various different steps in your business are actually working or not. Yeah. I mean, I am one, I, I, I totally get you. Like I started this coaching and consulting journey with like those courses as well so I spend a lot of money with those things and like it doesn't work like it's not just like those easy things that like do what I say and just you're gonna get the result at the end of the day it's your own business you have to figure out by yourself anyway and oh one compliment I was thinking when you mentioned about your website I think your website is very easy to navigate though and I am so surprised because I was like from those um because these days are like coaches are like all around, right? But who are really the coach who guide them and ask the right question to get their um, result that they're actually looking for. So surprisingly, when you mention that, there are many people who are like in the industry for a, a bit of time, not believe in funnel, like yeah. a real look alike funnel so not like how step it would look like because sometimes people can over um misconception about what funnel really means but like those like scroll down sale page and so on it may not work for everyone right yeah that's it and I, I i try and keep it fairly simple so i have a formula which is 70 10 to so if so, I mean, and there's a, there's also a question mark at the start of that, at the start of it as well, not at the end, but at the start. So the question mark stands for content. So you put some content out there or a lead magnet or something of value that your audience are going to engage with. Um, and you can do as much or as little of that as you like, but the goal is to then start to take those people and move them into 70, 10, 2. And this isn't about like a funnel. This is just about knowing your numbers in your business. So the 70 is 70 conversations. Can I put some content out? 
that is going to generate some conversations with some people. Okay. And that it could just be simply, maybe I do a LinkedIn post and 20 people comment on it. Right. So am I actually then going into like connecting with those people, tapping them up in messenger on LinkedIn and saying, Hey, I noticed you commented on my post. What was it you liked about it? So that's just starting that conversation off. And if we did 70 of those a month, we're doing well. Okay. And then from there, we then want to have a much deeper, com- a meaningful conversation with somebody about, okay, well, we start that conversation off and we qualify them and see whether they might be a good fit for our product or service, whether they're interested in it, whether they need it, all of those good things. But can we take 10 of those people out of the original 70 and actually then have a, a consultation with them where we see whether it's a good fit or not? <clears throat> and then finally, out of 7 to 10 to, the two is obviously the number of sales you get at the end of it. And most people kind of just... um you know, that's a very simple formula, 70, 10, 2. We can all do that. Conversations, consultations and closes. OK, um, but most people just don't track their numbers. I did. A, I spoke. In, I spoke at an event um, where there was about just under 100 people. And uh, I, I walked them through the 70, 10, 2 model. And and then I asked the question, how many of you know your numbers? How many of you know how many consultations you're doing each month? How many people you convert? What revenue that produces on the bottom of it? Um, and out of 100 people, two people put their hands up. And I was like, whoa, okay, that's slightly shocking. Just basic numbers in your business. And of the two people, uh, one guy said, hmm, kind of. So even he didn't, wasn't sure. Um, and then the other person went 842. Okay, it wasn't 7010, so you've got to work out what your formula is. But she went 842. She knew her numbers. And she works for actually one of the largest IF, uh, financial advisory companies in the UK. So they have a very streamlined process to get leads in, give them to an IFA and then close the work, close the deal. So and she was like, eight for two, give me eight clients, you know, four will book an appointment, two will become clients. So that's it. Um, but one in a 100 people know the numbers. And it's just absolutely shocking. Yeah, but. I also understand that it could be overwhelmed to set up those tracking though. Like, you know, not everyone like to put things in spreadsheet. Therefore, they thought about the automation and then they were stuck at the point to set up those automation to track for them. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. We're going to need, we're going to need a second recording, second episode where we can go through that perhaps. Oh, that's but yeah. be a long one. Anyway, <laughs> so can you talk about your book, the, the, the take your shot then? Yeah, so um, Take Your Shot was actually, uh, I did a webinar right at the end of when I, just before I sold my agency, and it was designed for web designers. That was, you know, ultimately who I thought my initial coaching clients were going to be, because that's what I'd I'd done. Very randomly, I get this call off of a guy who'd shown up to the webinar, and um, he uh, he's like, Robin, I I love the webinar. It's absolutely brilliant. He went off, and eventually I said, well, just hold on a second. What is it that you do? And he said, I'm a golf pro. And I was like, how, how did you get on a webinar for web designers? And you're a golf pro? Anyway, so he ultimately ended up becoming one of my first coaching clients. And uh, we went through a journey. I, I won't give too much away because obviously it tells the full story in there. But he was, he was just really struggling, like lovely guy, um, doing everything right at a young family, just really struggling to get his business off, his golf pro business off the ground, um, giving, you know, adults and children golf lessons and things like that. Um, you know, sometimes he would show up and it would, it would be raining on a Saturday and like half his clients wouldn't turn up. So then he wouldn't get paid. So he had all these just inherent problems in his business. The business engine wasn't working for him. So the story in Take Your Shot, he meets a coach, they fix his business. And then 
you know, he, he then from there, like, becomes very successful. He gets onto the speaking circuit and, and so the story kind of unfolds. But really it's, it's, um, take a shot is about just anybody who runs a small service client business who wants to productize it, understand how better to price it and position it. Um, and, and it's a bit in the book as well where it talks about goal setting as well. Cause again, most entrepreneurs don't think about their goals. They're just like, they're living in the moment. Um, but yeah, so that, that's, that's kind of the, the long and the short of the book. Um, I have got for anybody listening or watching this, I have got a, a gift, um, as well. So there's a digital version of it available. Uh, if you want to download it, just go to fearless.biz forward slash TYS for take your shot. It's lowercase as well. So fearless.biz forward slash TYS. If you, if you want to share a, a link in the show notes as well, Matita, then please do. Sure. So that link, if you couldn't catch that, it will be in the description as well as the show notes because we have covered a lot of things and I don't want you to miss out this book because it's going to be amazing. So Robin, thank you so much for such an amazing conversation. I think if anyone still stay tuned until now, would have to think about your number by now. Like, where are you in the journey? Like, do you want to step further along the way or step back a little bit? know things a little bit and then improve it so that you can grow further in your business as you wish. So Robin, thank you so much for um, joining Get Unstuck Radio today. And yeah, um, if anyone want to follow you, where can they reach out to you then? Yeah, the best, best bet is, I mean, I'm on Instagram and LinkedIn and things like that. Or you could just Google Robin Waits. Uh, that's Wait with an E on the end of it as well. And you'll be able to find me. And I've got not just the book, but on fearless.biz, there's several other resources as well, which your, your listeners might, might find helpful too. So just jump onto the website and you'll find my social links and a few, few free gifts for everybody out there as well. Yeah. There are quizzes. There are like a lot of blogs that you guys may enjoy. So. Feel free to check out. Um, all of everything will be in the description as well as the show notes. So thanks again, Robin. Appreciate you today. Uh, it's my absolute pleasure. Thank you for inviting me on. Really appreciate it. I hope this episode inspired you to get unstuck wherever you are in your journey so that you can have your business that support your lifestyle. Get a show note at helpyougetunstuck.com today. Start implementing what you have learned. The results of your consistent effort and improvement are worth it because you deserve the freedom to enjoy your life. Speak to you next time and don't forget to get unstuck.